Time now for Kings Talk. Oh, it's sported between the pads. Where you, the listeners, call in with your comments and questions after every Kings game. Tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. We'll also take a look at the stars of the game, game highlights, and the out-of-town scoreboard. It's time for Kings Talk, right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. I'm coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. The final score from Vancouver, your LA Kings 5, the Canucks 1. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind. Call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. Before we even jump into the three stars of the game, Stephen Orlando, what's going on tonight, Steve? (laughs) Hey, um... Happy finally! Uh, glad I got to get to see a win this week. Yeah, and, uh, happy, happy belated birthday! To, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're uh, saying I was being maybe a little bit too positive. I was, I was trying to say, hey, I, I have faith. You know, I, I had a feeling they were going to pull this off. <clears throat> so yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you were right. <laughs> frankly, <laughs> yeah, I, I got home in time for the third period, and uh, that that Fiala goal from Kopitar was. It made my night. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of really nice goals tonight. No question. Yeah, um, and just finally glad to be happy. And uh, I also wanted to give you uh, props on that last uh, episode. You did the uh, interview with Isaiah. That was fantastic, and I loved hearing about you know how much a Kings fan he was and all the. Uh, it was it was such a great episode, and um, I am also an improviser, so that was a connection with you guys about that. I was like, oh, that's cool. You guys you talk about you know improv, and it's like, man, it's a great episode. So it was a good day. Listen to that, and see the Kings win, and getting to call you, being first on after a win. I'm just I'm psyched, and just yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Steve. I'm always sort of curious how those interviews are going to go when they're long. You know, they're forty to fifty minutes long, maybe a little bit longer, and they're. They're not a player. They're not a coach. Sometimes it's a fan. Sometimes it's a novelist. Or we've had a bunch of different guests on. So I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate you calling in, uh, Thomas in Bellingham. How are you doing tonight, Thomas? I'm doing good, Jesse. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing a lot better than I was Tuesday. That's for sure. Yeah. Somehow I knew Vancouver was going to be the game we won on this road trip. <laughs> sure. Well, that's how that's how it had to go, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> I just wanted to comment on Quentin Byfield. I know I've I've probably done this a couple of times, but like um, the last couple of years, I just saw him playing really good hockey with no results, and like people kept telling me, because um, not I've been watching not everyone's Kings fans, so they're like, "Oh man, like you pick Quentin Byfield two overall, like he's a bust and all this <clears throat> stupid stuff." And I was like, "He's playing the game the right way. Like he, it's gonna come." And it's just so great to see him become the player he's, he's becoming. Um, and also, I was really sick uh, last weekend, so I didn't get to call in, but during that Brant-Clark goal, and everyone's going nuts, which I agree was a great goal by Brant-Clark, but Phil Deneau on that pass. Like, come on. Yes, thank the you for mentioning sense. that. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like, that the- hockey sense. Like, I, I feel like he didn't even look. He just knew. The, one of the funnier things about that Brent Clark goal against Boston, I was talking to uh, <clears throat> my dad about it a few days later, and we were talking about, ah, Brent Clark scores this great goal. And I was like, yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. When's the next time that Brent Clark's going to be alone in front of the goalie that close? You know, he's a defenseman, right? He's not going to be scoring a lot of goals like that. And then, of course, tonight he gets his second goal uh, yeah. one, once again yeah, from about a foot away from the from the goalie. So, uh who knows? Maybe Brant Clark will uh, will be a defender who scores all his goals from directly in front of the net. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, out of those five goals tonight, uh, Thomas, what was the, what what which one stood out the most in your mind? Uh, out of the five goals, I did like. I mean, it's it's kind of sad that it was the fifth goal because um, like Brant Clark did show some nice hockey IQ to jump up there. Um, and I feel like that is like <clears throat> one of his things. Like, obviously, defenders aren't always going to score in front of the net, but like his his like hockey mind. I have a feeling if any defender on the Kings will, it will be Brant Clark. Um, just because like he knows he knows when to jump up, 
And, like, there's been a couple times. I know early when he first came up uh, that he got burned a little bit on a couple plays, especially, like, against Washington. But I feel like he's slowly figuring out, like, when his time to to make that strike. And that, that set up by QB. And, like, I just love seeing both of our, like, recent draft picks just connected on a goal like that. Like, I think that's the goal that stood out is the fifth goal. Unfortunately, it's the fifth goal because, like, it didn't matter much at that point, but... Yeah, there was uh, so earlier in the game, Dowdy and Kopitar had goals. It was two to nothing heading into the third. I had asked uh, Blake Ware, broadcast statistician, to look up the Kings' record in games where Kopitar and Dowdy both score. He did it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is great. This is you know the the vets leading the way, getting a goal. You know, both getting goals mm-hmm. in an important game." And then, and then there you go. You have uh, Dowdy to, to uh, Kopitar in the second, and then uh, Byfield to Clark. In the third, so yeah, both pairs of uh, of defensemen and forward, uh, the the old and the new, as it were. Thomas, I want to thank you for calling in, and uh, as always, thank you for uh, saying nice things about Phil Deneau. Robert in Glendale, how are you doing tonight, Robert? I'm doing awesome. This was a great game to watch. This was actually the first game under Hiller's tenure that I've been able to, you know, finish dinner do the dishes and sit down and watch the hockey game from beginning to end. And uh, you, what a great one to catch five to one against. Uh, I, I told the people I was watching with at the end of the game that I love embarrassing Canadian teams in front of their fans. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just a fantastic night. It, it um, was, was there, sorry, was there a play or player that uh, stood out to you? Yeah, so I think that the player is Dowdy just by virtue of the 500 uh, assists, and he also had a fantastic game mm-hmm. with the goal and, and two assists. Um, I, I mean, this was going back to when I was a little little kid and was still getting like blankets for Christmas and stuff. Uh, and one of the first King's items I received when I was a small child was a Drew Dowdy blanket, and to think that you know he's still doing it. Um, is it, just crazy, um, and doing it at you know uh, capable of scoring three points in in the night um, is is just awesome. Uh, as a Kings fan, uh, I think the play of the game though it's tough between Fiala's goal and the Trevor Moore goal for me, but I admire uh, your stick to itiveness about having to pick one play, uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to pick the Trevor Moore goal. Um, I think that because it was. I think the pass from Kopitar and kind of the timing on the Fiala goal was impressive, but mostly it was the pass. Whereas with the Moore goal, I thought the pass was extremely impressive with the vertical element, um, less of a horizontal angle than the Fiala goal. And then also the shooter had to be creative as well. So I thought it required more from both players, the passer and the shooter. I love Moore's decision to not really shoot the puck, to just stick handle it all the way into the net um, and create that space by the post there. So, yeah, just a fantastic game, great plays, and uh, lots of fun to watch. Well, thank you, calling in, Robert. Appreciate all of that insight. Me personally, I think I'm going to go with the Kopitar pass to Fiala because, poof, that was ridiculous. And Fiala, as they pointed out on the broadcast, full body behind the goal line for that one. Uh, We are going to go ahead and look at the three stars of the game. No surprise, all from the LA Kings. Third star of the game, Kevin Fiala uh, with with three points, a goal, two assists, a plus two, 16 minutes, 48 seconds of ice time. Uh, Lots of praise on the telecast. And uh, around the locker room from Zach Dooley, there was an article on LA Kings Insider about the strong play of Kevin Fiala of late. Second star of the game, Captain Andre Kopitar. Andre Kopitar, one of those players with two points tonight, one goal, one assist, two points, a plus three, 19 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time, nine of 14 in the faceoff dot. The number one star of the game, Drew Doughty. No surprise there at all. Drew Doughty with three points, a plus three, 25 minutes, 22 seconds of ice time, led the way. Um, but these two players not in the uh, three stars of the game, but want to single out Quentin Byfield with 22 minutes, 49 seconds of ice time, two points, both assists, a plus two, uh, one for one in the faceoff circle, but second overall on the team in ice time tonight. 22 minutes, 49 seconds out of Quentin Byfield. He is, I, I know I keep saying that we're running out of words. Everybody keeps saying that we're running out of words. But at this point, with the postgame comments he made against Calgary the other night, with the performance he's putting up, 
Quentin, I mean, Quentin Byfield is more than arrived. Quentin Byfield is uh, is a bona fide star in the uh, National Hockey League. And the other player I wanted to mention was Cam Talbot. 22 of 23 saves, 957 save percentage. I didn't think he was to blame for the loss to Calgary on Tuesday. I saw a couple people singling him out for uh, criticism. And uh, real nice bounce back performance from Cam Talbot showing what he can do when the team in front of him performs the way that they are uh, expected to play. And this was a game between score effects and the Canucks just pouring it on as much as they could. This is a game that was not dominated uh, by the Kings in ice time or shot attempts or play on the ice. This is a game where the Kings did what they had to do, stayed in the game, uh, as uh, they were saying on the telecast, uh, early in the game, controlled through defense, and then as the game uh, progressed and Vancouver started taking more and more chances, uh, trying to get back in it, the Kings able to score three goals in the third period, never mind holding on to a lead. Uh, Kings extending their lead within the third period. Having said all that, this was a game where Vancouver, uh, 60 shot attempts for to 38 shot attempts for LA, um, shots on goal, 23 for Vancouver, uh, 20 for the Kings. High danger chances, uh, 9 for the Canucks, 11 for the Kings. Kings doing a much better job of playing in front of the net, both in their zone and Vancouver's zone. Uh, Real strong performance all the way around from the LA Kings. We're going to take our first break right here. When we come back, we'll dive into some numbers, take more of your calls. LA Kings win 5-1 to one in Vancouver. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. Um. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to LA Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I'm Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. Final score from Rogers Arena in British Columbia, your LA Kings 5, the Vancouver Canucks 1. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind. Call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. We talked to Steve, Thomas, and Robert in our first segment Went over the three stars of the game. I want to briefly discuss the Vancouver Canucks because the Canucks did something that uh, happens pretty much every year. I never understand it, and I always make the same joke either publicly or privately to some of my friends when it happens, and that is a team that's leading their division by a margin or is somewhere near the top of the league standings. They go ahead. It's usually at the trade deadline. This year, Vancouver did it a little bit earlier, but they go ahead and they make a trade. And they bring in a star player or a very good player. Um, And the idea is that they want to get better. They're very, very good, and they want to get better. And this year, Vancouver brought in Elias Lindholm from the Vancouver, excuse me, from the Calgary Flames. Um, At the time of the trade, they were tied for first in the league. And since then, they're five, six, and one. Uh, and two of those wins ha- have come in overtime on February 11th, a 3-2 win over the Capitals, and uh, just on uh, Saturday night, a 3-2 win over the Boston Bruins. Losses 4 to nothing to the Bruins, an overtime loss to the Detroit Red Wings, a loss to the Winnipeg Jets, a 10-7 loss to Minnesota, a 3-1 loss to Colorado, a 5-2 loss to Seattle, and a 5-1 loss to the Kings, and when they made that trade, I don't remember who I texted it to, but I texted it to somebody, um, short the Canucks, because every year, like I said, some team uh, thinks that they can make themselves better when they're already among the best teams in the league. And there's a story I love. It's one of Aesop's fables of a dog walking over a bridge. He's got a bone in his mouth. He sees uh, his own reflection in the water below him, and he gets greedy, not realizing it's his reflection. He wants his bone, and he also wants the bone of what he thinks is another dog, so he barks to try and intimidate the other dog, and when he barks, he opens his mouth and drops his bone in the river, and he has no bones. 
um, instead of two, which is what he thought he had. So Vancouver, uh, I don't want to take away from the Kings' victory. It's an incredible victory against a very difficult opponent. But in their last 10 games, uh, Vancouver, not quite uh, the powerhouse that they have been this season. I think they're 4-4-2 in their last 10. The Kings now 6-4-0 in their last 10 and uh, improving their overall record under head coach Jim Hiller. Uh, They improve, I believe, to uh, 6-4, if I'm not mistaken, wins against... The Oilers, the Devils, the Bruins, the Penguins, the Blue Jackets, the Ducks, and now Vancouver. Kings will return home Sunday afternoon and take on the New Jersey Devils, who they've already played and defeated under head coach Jim Hiller. And uh, this game, the last game in the Western Canadian road trip, an important game for the Kings to collect two points on. Disappointing losses to Edmonton and Calgary. Really important in this game, not only to collect two points, but to collect two points the way they did. It was a close game uh, early in the third. It was two to one. Um, They could have given up a goal and let it be a tie. Uh, Vancouver could have come back and taken it away. But the Kings scoring three goals in the third period, um, putting Vancouver confidently behind them. Uh, Want you to call in 877-KINGS-20, 877 Kings 20 would love to know, again, your play of the game, your player of the game. Lots to choose from. Let's dive into the highlights, though. Uh, We played it earlier, but in the first period, Drew Doughty got the Kings on the board with a goal. Picked up by Moore and to center ice. Trevor Moore into the zone to Fiala on right wing. Down to the circle. Feeds the middle. Doughty a blast. He scores! Drew Doughty just hit the ice. Went to the middle. Got a pass from Fiala and buries it. Kings have a one nothing lead. That was Drew Doughty making it one to nothing in the first period. In the second period, Andre Kopitar with an unbelievable shot, assisted by Drew Doughty and Quentin Byfield to make it two to nothing. Pedersen got checked as he tried to clear, held in Doughty for Byfield, and, and a Kopitar and a Kopitar a shot. He scores. Andre Kopitar and the Kings take advantage of the Vancouver turnover. And Kopitar and the Kings are up 2 nothing. 2-0 Kings heading into the third period. Then in the third period, Brock Besser getting a power play goal 2 minutes 55 seconds in. It was 2-1 LA over Vancouver. Uh, I was clutching my uh, collar. I don't know about every else. But then uh, an unbelievable pass from Andre Kopitar to Kevin Fiala made it 3-1 to one, L.A. Byfield out, Fiala, Kopitar, Dubois, and Doughty. Fiala over the line to Kopitar, snaps it down low, score! <laughs> Kevin Fiala! What a rapidly developing play that was. Kopitar to Fiala, 3-1 L.A. And what might have made a nice goal even better on that replay there, you can hear the Canucks fans complaining about the officiating that was a power play goal for Kevin Fiala. That made it uh, a little bit sweeter then. Uh, Then, of course, Brant Clark from Quentin Byfield, his second NHL career goal, second career goal scored from within two feet of the net. A nice pass, a nice move. Kings up 4-1 to after this goal from Brant Clark. Pedersen marked by Kopitar who steals the puck. Kopitar for Lewis. Lewis got it ahead, and here come the Kings. Clark to Byfield. Byfield back to Clark. A deep and a score! Another great deke by Brand Clark, set up by Byfield. And for Clark, his second goal of his young career, 4 to 1 LA. That made it 4 to 1 LA, but the Kings were not done. Another point for Kevin Fiala as he made. A slick little pass up to Trevor Moore. Not sure if the puck got through cleanly. I think it might have gone off a a skate of a defender of a Canuck. But either way, Trevor Moore puts it behind Demko to make it 5-1 L.A. Fiala plays it ahead of break. Moore in. Deeks scores! Trevor Moore makes it 5-1. That was would be the end of the scoring in that game. L.A. Kings win 5-1 over the Vancouver Canucks. And let's take a look at the standings. Nope, let's not take a look at the standings. Dave in Vancouver is calling in. Dave, were you at the game in Vancouver? I was at the game, Jesse. My wife and I, we just got back to our hotel. What a game. 
I love it when fans call in from the game on the road, Dave. Where were you sitting? Oh, man. You know, there there weren't as many Kings fans here as normally. Uh, we, we come up here every year. We're from the Seattle area. Um, but, man, w- what a game and a solid 60. I was really impressed with Alex Turcott tonight. Just just seeing him on the ice, he just brought a lot of energy and uh, getting some time on the top line. It, it was really impressive to me the way he played. He uh, he did have a, a strong game, and not his first. He's been moved up to that top line with Kopitar and Byfield. And, you know, I couldn't help but think the whole game, Dave, um, I wonder if Turcotte might have looked this good had he gotten a shot uh, earlier in his career. I agree. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, it, and, you know, I was I was so disappointed after watching those last two games in Calgary and Edmonton. I almost didn't want to make this trip. <laughs> I'm so glad that I did. We yeah, sat sure. right behind. We sat right behind the net there, and 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 we saw those those goals in the third period, just right in front of us. It was it was amazing. Well, then you have to tell us how nice the Brant Clark goal looked. The Brant Clark goal was beautiful, and you know that was going to be my play of the game. But I have to give it to Kevin Fiala because the Kings given up that goal in the third. You know, there's so many times this season where they've given up that goal, and the energy is just been let out of the team. And they came right back, and Seattle scores that goal, and it was just uh, beautiful. Now, beautiful Dave, goal. Vancouver fans come down to L.A. a lot, and we've talked about this over the years, um, at least uh, in the late 2010s, early 2010s, uh, we would speak to Canucks fans, and, and they would tell us that it was cheaper for them to book a flight, get a hotel room, get tickets to a Kings game and Ducks game, you know, for both uh, uh, arenas on the Vancouver Canucks trip. Cheaper to do all that than it would be to get tickets to a Canucks game because prices are so expensive up there. So what is the crowd like at a Canucks game? Is it intense? I mean, we could hear them, you know, uh, screaming at the ref on the replay of the Fiala goal. Yeah, there's definitely definitely more energy, I think, this year with just the way they are in the standings versus years in the, the, the past few years. But, uh, Vancouver fans are very courteous fans. They're, they're always nice. They, they talk to you. They don't give you a hard time for the most part. Um, it's, it's a fun place to come. But as far as pricing, um, the tickets in Seattle are ridiculously priced compared to up here. It's it's definitely cheaper for, for us to come up here and see a game than go to a game in Seattle. It's huh. crazy. Well, that is fascinating. And Canucks fans, I mean, they're Canadian, so of course they're polite unless their team loses in the Stanley Cup final. In uh, what was that, 2011? I think. <laughs> in, in that case, not very polite. Um, so, uh, so Dave, uh, who was your player of the game then? Well, I have to give it to Drew Doughty. I mean, he yeah. was just—he was just solid all the way around. That and that that first goal. I mean, it, almost every goal Doughty scores this year is that same goal, that slap shot. From yes, game. yeah. No, uh, Zach Dooley said the same thing during the first intermission. It's. Almost always a slap shot, and it's almost always from that same spot on the ice near the center of the blue line. Yeah, we need more more of that. <laughs> well, Dave, I appreciate you calling in. Always love it when a fan calls from the road, having been at the arena watching the team play. Uh, appreciate it. Um, where was I going with that? We had played the uh, highlights. Oh, we were looking at the standings. That's where we were going. Uh, so Nashville won tonight, so they are still tied with the Kings, both teams now with 70 points. Kings and Nashville move within two of Edmonton Oilers, who have 72 points, and uh, within three of the Vegas Golden Knights with 73 points. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the Golden Knights lost tonight, struggling to find that score right now, but I'm pretty sure when I checked in earlier uh, that Vegas had been defeated. Um, Seattle beat uh, Pittsburgh 2 to nothing, so they're still out there. Uh, Nashville beat Minnesota. That's how they got their two points, so good Good for the Kings that Minnesota takes a loss. Bad for the Kings that uh, Nashville takes a loss. Arizona lost to Toronto. So not a ton of shifting happening in the uh, in the Pacific, or excuse me, the Western Conference wildcard standings. Boston defeated Vegas 5-4. to four. That was the game I was looking for. And uh, I do want to kind of address the topic that we had spent a lot of time talking about when the Kings were on a bit of a losing streak recently. They had uh, lost three of four, I think. Um, And uh, even though people like me were getting very nervous and uh, unhappy with all the losing, I had to remind people that ultimately the evaluation of this team will take place 
in the playoffs and have to sort of ring that bell again after an, a very convincing win tonight against a very good team tonight, the Vancouver Canucks. Same score as their uh, previous regulation win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, both games 5-1. to one. And once again, the Kings, when they score four or more goals, um, unbeatable. Don't think it necessarily has anything to do with scoring four goals so much as it is when they're playing the way they played tonight they are more likely to score a lot of goals when they are playing the way they did against Calgary uh, and the third period of the Edmonton game and most of the uh, Predators game and the Ducks game. When they're they're playing like that, they're not going to put up five. They're not going to put up four. They're more likely to score one or maybe two, um, occasionally three. So we want to see them play the way they did tonight. We want to see efforts like we saw out of Drew Doughty, Andre Kopitar, Trevor Moore, Kevin Fiala, who has earned a ton of praise, and of course, Quentin Byfield, who is really, really playing some incredible hockey. And I looked it up earlier, and I'll try and pull it up here today. Um, Since the turn of the calendar from 2023 to 2024, Quentin Byfield, at least on the Kings, he may not lead them anymore because there were some multi-point games tonight, uh, but... uh, Quentin Byfield, 14 points in his last 14 games, heading into tonight, I believe, and really just having himself a great 2024. From January 1st to today, to uh, Jan- or February 29th, excuse me, uh, Kevin Fiala, 21 points in 26 games. Quentin Byfield, 20 points in 24 games. Um, pretty impressive for a kid his age, uh, playing 17 minutes, 22 seconds. Quentin Byfield also a plus two in that stretch of time, by the way. Uh, the only player with a better plus minus than Quentin Byfield in that stretch, Alex Turcott with a plus three in 11 games uh, played. Julian in Whittier, what's going on tonight, Julian? Well, didn't that feel good? It did. It felt pretty good, Julian. It really is. Um, I wanted to mention... Um, You are uh, you're breaking Sorry up a little bit that. there, Julian. Here I am. Here I am. I apologize. No problem. So I just wanted to mention, um, you know, you mentioned a minute ago that trade that Vancouver made, and it uh, was a very good little story about the doggy who wanted more than one. Yeah. Bone. Yes. Uh, I guess that dog is human, like all of us. Um, yeah. But um, the thing of it is, is that it's not so much about that as much as it is about the Kings, um, even though. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from um, in regards to the trade and the fact that it could change the uh, the, uh, the momentum or the ambiance of a locker room where it really matters um, because you're you're with these guys you know every day just about um, for a certain part of the year. Um, but the deal is is to me um, after coming off the losses uh, with Edmonton and. Um, uh, Calgary, uh, honestly speaking, um, it says something about the Kings, doesn't it? Because uh, I just feel like when the Kings, when they play well, I just uh, I just think that they're a really, really good team. They're a good, high-quality team. Um, and I, it's like one of those things of, well, if we could play you again, we would certainly beat you. You know, and on that given night, though, uh, in this case, Edmonton and Calgary, they came up short, and um, but they came up just short. They didn't come up re- – it wasn't like an overwhelming uh, loss to either uh, Calgary or Edmonton. And then all of a sudden the Kings say, okay, we've had enough of this, and they come out against one of the better records in, uh, you know, a team in the NHL, and they put up five. Right. Um, so I'm just saying it says something about the Kings when I guess they get what sick of losing, maybe, or they get tired of lousy play. Uh, I don't know what other way to put it, but I got to tell you, if the Kings would play this way more often, they would probably be on more of the winning side than uh, the. Oh, you know, it's funny. Um, I'll close it with this. Um, when it was two to one Kings, I was watching the game and I go, "Okay, here comes that dreaded two to one. Can we make it three to one?" I was actually sitting there going, "Okay, are we gonna? You know, which way is this gonna go to 
tonight, you know, and, and it went our way, and it went our way in a big way. <clears throat> and I just feel like all the Kings, when they're really on top of their game and they're concentrating and they play loose instead of tight, it just seems like it all comes together. Sorry, Jesse, I, I'm, I'm long-winded about it, but that's quite I really all right. wanted to express that. I do want to address one thing you said, though, Julian, and that's uh, what does it say about this team? And I don't know, but I can tell you one thing that it absolutely positively does say about this team, and that's that they're not done. And that's right. Right. that in and, that in and of itself should be a relief, uh, particularly to people who are planning on coming and watching games live, because there have been seasons in the past where the team was done. Um, you know, at some point in the season, 2018-19 is a perfect example of it. At some point in the season, anybody who went to those games and remembers that season, there were just games where the team was clearly not into it. Um, and and uh, maybe even 2016-17, uh, 2005-2006, I think, the year that um, resulted in uh, Andy Murray and Dave Taylor getting fired. Like you, you can see it across the league, not just the Kings. There are times when teams just check out, ca- you know, cash out, and they're done. And yeah. based yeah. on the way that the beginning of the season went, um, or not the beginning, but the middle of the season, I should say, um, with the team ultimately moving on from Tom McClellan and bringing in Jim Hiller, then they have the really quick positive response and a bunch of wins then followed by losing three or four in those disappointing results Monday on Tuesday. Tonight, tonight's game was incredibly important just to learn whether or not they were done. You know, if they had limped into Vancouver with their tails between their legs, their heads hung low, and uh, came home with zero points on that road trip, um, you know, I think there's a lot of loud voices um, asking a lot of, of unfriendly questions. As it is, they go into Vancouver and they don't just eke out a win. They go in and they and they confidently claim two points. Now the question is, who are we going to get on Sunday? And and I've said it before, but uh, I will say it again. For me, seasons unfold uh, and and clumps of seasons unfold like like a novel, and each chapter defines the previous one. So now the Kings come home. They have got two points on that road trip. Disappointing start, but a but a proud finish. And now the Kings have five games at home. And they are a much better team on the road than they have been at home all season. And there are some teams on this homestand that they probably, I'll just use the word should, probably should um, pick up two points against. But there's Dallas on Saturday night, and Dallas has improved themselves. They've gone out and gotten Tanev. Uh, there's the trade deadline on Thursday, the 8th. There's uh, Vancouver on the 5th, who might be looking for revenge. And there's New Jersey, which is an afternoon game. Um, and plus Ottawa on the 7th, which could be, an, you know, uh, people in the organization don't like the word trap game, but it could be a trap game with the deadline the next day. Um, so it's going to be a, a really fascinating week. We don't know the status of Adrian Kempe. We don't know the status of Victor Arvidsson. We don't know the status of Mikey Anderson. But surely, if they are added to the lineup, it's a it's a much stronger team. Anyway, Julian, thank you for calling in. Apologize to you for that long-winded response. But Mark in Chatsworth, what's going on tonight, Mark? Hey, how you doing? Finally got a win, huh? Yeah, yeah, we did, Mark. <laughs> Yep, uh, I predicted uh, two out of three, but we got one out of uh, one out of three, so that's not bad. I one out of one. Let's that, call it uh, one out of one. <laughs> one out of one. Okay, I was watching uh, Fiala. I've been watching Fiala for a while, and uh, you know, I wasn't on Team Fiala probably in January, but right now, this guy has been—he's been firing the spots. He's been putting the puck on net really, really hard, really, really good shots. And I just want to give this guy props because I don't know what he went through before, but right now he's really locked in and he's really put some really good pucks on net. He is, Mark, and uh, you're certainly not the only one to notice it. The broadcasters giving Fiala a lot of love. Jim Fox heaping praise on uh, Kevin Fiala, not just tonight, but recently Zach Dooley doing the same thing. And if Kevin Fiala is going to play the way he has for the last whatever it is now, it's more than a month, but... Um, that's the guy that that is worth Brock Faber in a first-round pick. That's the guy that you want constantly on the top power play unit, constantly in that top six position. Um, Really good. Out of curiosity, Mark, what was better for you, his goal from Kopitar or his assist to Moore? 
Well, unfortunately, like a lot of your talkers, I've been. Uh, I was driving when I was listening to it. So oh, I no. see it. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it when I get home. Uh, when I get home, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at it. But uh, it sounded like that pass from Kopitar to Fiala was awesome. So it, it really I'm was. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that tonight. No, you've got some really nice goals ahead of you. Uh, Kopitar's goal was incredibly nice. Fiala's goal from Kopitar was incredibly nice. Byfield to Clark was incredibly nice. Fiala to Moore was incredibly nice. And Drew Doughty's goal was just a a, a perfectly uh, executed uh, slap shot from the blue line from a defenseman. Um, five goals to pick from. Mark, appreciate you calling in. Uh, five, listen, like we said, one out of one. We could dwell on those first two wins or losses, excuse me, on the road trip and say one out of three. But ultimately, they happened. They were done. And the Kings needed to get two points out of this trip. They got those two points. We mentioned the standings. Um, at this point, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, the chances of them, you know what? Let's just see what Money Puck has to say about it because Money Puck does track the team's odds of making the playoffs. If you've never checked it out, moneypuck.com. It's a fascinating little website. It's not a perfect website, but it's pretty darn good. The Kings are listed at a 91.6% chance to make the playoffs. That ranks them behind Vegas, behind Edmonton. Edmonton listed as 99.1%, Vegas at 95.8%. And the teams chasing the Kings in the standings, uh, Nashville, who they are tied with right now, listed as only a 65.2%. And I'm assuming that this is based on not just performance, but also remaining schedule, strength of uh, teams uh, that you have to play against. But again, Kings at 91.6, Nashville at 65.2, Seattle at 16.3, Minnesota at 14.4, Calgary at 13.1, St. Louis at 5.8. So at this point, um, and I do not want to invoke the hockey gods again, but I will do it anyway. Um, at this point, um, the Kings, in order to miss the playoffs, would have to go on another t- slump. And then on top of that, one of the teams behind them, either the Flames, the Blues, or the Kraken, all tied at 63 points, or I suppose the Wild at 62, one of those teams would have to outperform the Kings by eight points. And the Kings have uh, actually, no, you know what? No games in hand involved here. The Kings, the Flames, the Blues, and the Kraken have all played 59 games. The Flames, Blues, and Kraken all tied at 63, seven points behind the Kings, Minnesota, eight points behind the Kings, but the Kings have one game in hand on Minnesota. So one of those teams uh, and the Predators, who have uh, 61 games played, would all have to outperform the Kings by a margin of eight points or so. That's four wins. And to this point in the season, the Kings have plus 22 goal differential. Nashville Predators plus five, Calgary plus one. The rest of those teams, big minus. Uh, Blues and Wild uh, double-digit negatives in the uh, goal differential standpoint. Unfortunately for the Kings, the Flames are 7-3-0 and uh, have been making some moves but appear to be committed to trying to compete this season. They don't look like they're going to just sell everything off. The Nashville Predators 8-2-0 in their last 10. The Kings 6-4-0 in their last 10. So as long as the Kings keep winning 6 out of 10 games, they're going to be in good shape. Um, They will have to uh, continue to fight off some of the teams behind them. But the Kings have a bunch of games against the Chicago Blackhawks, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, so those are games that they quote unquote should win. Again, the money puck uh, percentages of making the playoffs. Kings are listed as of today at ninety one point six percent likely to make the playoffs. Now those percentages are updated every day with every result, so they're constantly shifting and moving all over the place. But as of today, the LA Kings ninety one point six, and as we said, the next closest team behind them in the Western Conference, Nashville sixty two point five. And then after that, a bunch of teams hanging around 15% chance. So their schedule is very difficult. The Kings' schedule should be much easier. The Kings, quote-unquote, should make the playoffs this season. And then, as I said earlier, we will find out just how good this team is because this team was specifically designed to compete in the playoffs. They have center depth. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Phil Deneau, and Anshay Kopitar we have a uh, a newly minted star in Quinton Byfield. You have Kevin Fiala playing some incredible hockey. Trevor Moore has, I believe, 23 goals on the season now. 
Uh, Drew Doughty is having a, an unbelievable offensive output while also maintaining his strong defensive play. And if this team, after all that, can regain Mikey Anderson, Victor Arvidsson, and Adrian Kempe, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but based on how good uh, Victor Arvidsson looked when he returned in those uh, three or four games, a top six of Byfield, Kopitar, Kempe, um, Arvidsson, Deneau, and more, or or even if you want to leave Fiala in there somewhere, uh, and then drop one of those seven names down to the third line, uh, that should be a tremendous amount of balance, tremendous amount of uh, two-way play. That's the team that was put together to compete in the playoffs, not a team that doesn't have two of its top wingers out there, uh, its top left uh, defenseman out of the lineup. Um, so we'll see who uh, the Kings play should they make the playoffs. I want to avoid saying uh, that they will. But when we get around to April, uh, we will find out where we're at. But uh, a big win, 5-1 to one over Vancouver tonight. Don't want to get... Don't want to lose sight of that. Just a really fantastic win. A huge night for multiple players on the team. Multiple multi-point games tonight uh, for uh, the LA Kings. And uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, final thoughts on the game. And uh, let's get more of your calls. Call in 877-KINGS-20. 877-KINGS-20. I know you're out there. I know you're listening. Call in. Let me know. Uh, let me know what you thought. Kings win 5-1 to one over the Vancouver Canucks in British Columbia. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to LA Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. The final score from Rogers Arena in British Columbia, your LA Kings 5, the Vancouver Canucks 1. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind for the next, well, let's just say eight minutes. So if you want to call in 877-KINGS-20, that's 877-KINGS-20. That's about how much time you've got left. Uh, but want to hear from you about uh, anything, trade deadline, uh, salary cap, tonight's 5-1 win, whatever it is. Uh, I haven't done one in a while because it's less fun to me, and I feel like it's probably annoying to you if they lose. But uh, philosophical quote of the game tonight, I'm cheating, I'm not doing this at random. I had found this one earlier today, and I was applying it to Quentin Byfield's post-game quotes after the Calgary Flames game because... I played him on the pregame, and I really, really liked not just what he said, but how he said it. The quote is from James Lane Allen, a 19th century novelist. And the quote is, adversity does not build character, it reveals it. And uh, Quentin Byfield has been fantastic recently. We'll get into uh, his numbers in the month of February compared to the rest of the team in a second. But Quentin Byfield is probably the one of the few players on the team that I don't think you can point a finger at. I don't think you can suggest that he let his side down in any of the games this season. He has been consistent. He has been incredible. But there he was talking to the media following the Calgary Flames game saying, I need to be better. Adrian Kempe's out of the lineup. I need to do my part to help replace Adrian Kempe's offense. Said the team needs to figure out a way to win games, and it's on me to help do that. Um, He wasn't looking at... Uh, the total output of the team. He wasn't asking questions. He wasn't saying, oh, well, we played good enough. We just didn't this or that. He was saying, no, I, Quentin Byfield, need to be better. And the fact is that Quentin Byfield um, is the last person, I think, that needs to take any of the blame. But to me, that is leadership. And I don't mean it in some sort of abstract way. I mean, when I am on a team, when I am participating in some sort of team effort or endeavor, Um, if I make a simple mistake, even if it wasn't a big deal, I like to own up to it. And when I'm doing things with other people, I like them to do the same. Um, I like to get credit when I do something that I believe deserves credit, even though I will politely decline and say, oh, no, no, it's fine. I don't worry about that. I like it. I like hearing it. If I don't get it, I get annoyed. Um, but more importantly, I like it when my teammates put stuff on themselves. It, uh, it, it's a great 
trait. Jonathan Quick used to do it all the time. Uh, Rob Scuderi used to do it all the time. Um, Justin Williams, etc., used to do it all the time. So hearing Quentin Byfield at the ripe old age of 21 saying exactly the right thing again in another post-game interview, because earlier this year he's been saying the right thing. It was a different setting. It was a different thing but he would say you know you got to go to the boards you got to go to the dirty areas i'm playing with great line mates i got to get them the puck they're doing all the work etc he's he's giving praise to other people and taking blame on himself when he himself is worthy of the praise and uh, on occasion other people perhaps are worthy of the blame so we're seeing not only on-ice talent from Quentin Byfield, but off-ice maturity and, like I said, character. Adversity reveals character. It doesn't build it. I have that backwards. Adversity does not build character. It reveals it, and it's something I believe um, very strongly about. I don't know where character does come from. I suppose you learn it uh, in your formative years. But uh, I'm not sure that it's something that you can develop over time. Um, if you have poor character, adversity will uh, crush you. Uh, you will not respond well to it. Um, but those with strong character will flourish even in the face of adversity. Having said that, when your best players need to be your best players, uh, that's one of those times where you will see it. And so in the month of February, uh, or you know, in the 11 games under Jim Hiller, um, Quentin Byfield, 11 points in 11 games played. Drew Doughty, 10 points in 11 games played. Kevin Fiala, 9 points in 11 games played. Andre Kopitar, 9 points in 11 games played. Adrian Kempe, 8 points in 9 games played. Your best players have been your best players, and that is what we want to see. That is what we're going to need to see in order for this team to not only make the playoffs, but once they get there, make some noise in the playoffs, do some damage in the playoffs. You can't head into the playoffs and have Blake Lazat be the player that you turn to and hope to carry you through it. No disrespect to Blake Lazat. I think he's an incredible player. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. But if you are going to have any sort of postseason success, you need to have your best players be your best players. And at least Recently, under head coach Jim Hiller, that's what we are seeing. Just read you off the list. Byfield, Dowdy, Fiala, Kopitar, Kempe. They are flourishing. Brant Clark, five points, seven games. Um, so that's what we are looking at. That's what we're going to need to continue to see. And we saw it tonight, right? The goals came. Uh, some of them were just you know flashes of brilliance. But some of them were as a result of hardworking shifts. There were at least two or three shifts where the Kopitar, Byfield, and Turcotte line completely controlled play down low against the Vancouver Canucks. And I mentioned it earlier. If you go back and you look at the heat map on uh, Natural Stat Trick, you can see a bright blue big blob in front of the Kings uh, net on the chart, meaning they went to the net frequently. Three goals scored from uh, very close to the goal mouth. And then on the other side of the map, you can see, yeah, Vancouver has some traffic to the net, but the Kings doing an excellent job of limiting it, limiting it clearing rebounds, helping out Cam Talbot, doing the job. Ultimately, Cam Talbot uh, allows one goal. And uh, I got to revisit the should out um, because I've seen a lot of people mention it again tonight. Tonight very clearly does not qualify in mind. So I'm just going to go over the what I think in my mind qualifies as a one goal shutout or a should out, as we're now calling it. Um, that is the goal against has to come either very, very early in the game or very, very late in the game so that you can actually look at the clock and say, ah, the guy had 58 minutes or whatever it is of zero goal hockey. One slipped in, you know, on a power play with a minute 30 left or one got in, you know, 16 seconds into the game, but then he shut the door. Or the other alternative is if a goal bounces off of 18 different people or trickles in or is somehow controversial um, in a, you know, in a weird situation, uh, Cam Talbot got beat clean and it wasn't, I'm not going to sit there and say it was a bad goal. I'm not going to sit there and say it was his fault, but Brock Besser scored, uh, a perfectly legitimate goal on the power play. And the score was two to one at the time. So it wasn't even a situation where you could wipe it off and say, ah, well, it was five to one. Who cares if he let one in at that point, the team was letting their guard down score effects one to, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, it was two to one. Vancouver was scrambling to try to get back into the game. The Kings were trying to shut them down. Credit to Vancouver. Credit to Brock Besser. He got that goal fair and square. Cam Talbot played a great game, but uh, it was not a one-goal uh, shutout or a shootout, as we are now calling it. And uh, before we start to wrap up, I do want to take care of one little piece of business. 
Uh, I hope the person who called in is listening now. I believe his name is Matt. Um, He called in earlier, and he had been at the game. I want to say it was the Ducks game, and he was a newer fan, had never been to a Kings game in the lower bowl. I told him I would get tickets. You you left your name and your email, Matt, but uh, there was uh, uh, some wires crossed in the communications. The email address I wound up with did not go through. The email did not go through. So I still want to get you your tickets, Matt, new fan, Matt. Still want to make sure that you see uh, your first Kings game from the lower bowl before the end of the season. So if you're out there, go ahead, reach out to me on social media. Uh, Kingsmen Podcast is the account name on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, pretty much anywhere I am. Or you can email me at kingsmenpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, please, if you're not Matt, don't try and uh, reach out to me and claim his tickets for your own. Uh, Matt, uh, if you're out there and you're still listening, I hope you are. I uh, really want to try and get those to you. That is going to do it for King's Talk. The final score tonight from Rogers Place in uh, British Columbia, your LA Kings 5, the Vancouver Canucks 1. LA Kings Hockey returns to iHeartRadio Sunday afternoon. It's a midday game, guys. Don't forget, when your LA Kings return home to take on the New Jersey Devils at Crypto.com Arena in downtown LA, pregame show begins at noon Pacific. It's noon. The game scheduled to start at 1230. If you have tickets, don't sleep in and think that you're going to show up at seven o'clock the game will have been over for a while and uh, wake up early get yourself some breakfast flip the game on tv you've been listening to la kings hockey for nick nixon jim fox daryl evans zach dooley carlin bathe uh lost my list here steven orlando thomas in bellingham robert in glendale dave in vancouver julian in whittier and mark in chatsworth and of course our network producer jeff cabot i am jesse cohen Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll see you Sunday at noon. been listening to king's talk along the la king's iheart audio network follow the kings all season long wherever you are downloading with the la king's iheart audio network download the iheart app for free and join us next time for the excitement of la king's hockey